Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I want to wish everyone a prosperous, that is, prosperous in the Lord, New Year 2023. Reading first today from the November 2022 issue of the Voice of the Martyrs newsletter magazine. The story today is entitled, The Girl Who Stood Alone. And if you recall, the November issue has to do with young people. Here is a girl who stood alone in the country of Bangladesh. Emily didn't fit in at her new school. Most of the school's 600 students were Muslims, with a few Hindus, and nine-year-old Emily was one of two Christian students. While her new girl status made her stand out enough, her family's Christian faith eventually made her a target in Muslim-dominated Bangladesh, where only one-half of one percent are Christian. Assuming that Emily was a Hindu because of her last name, a teacher asked the new fourth grader if she could eat beef. When Emily told the teacher she could eat beef because she was a Christian, a group of girls standing nearby overheard her reply. And then it started, Emily said. At first, the Muslim girls harassed Emily by stealing her water bottle and lunch and then they threatened to get her expelled from school. Though Emily had done nothing wrong, the girls tormented her psychologically. My first reaction was shock, Emily said. I felt betrayed. And then everything escalated. I was angry at them, mostly, and at the teachers because they knew what was going on and they never did anything. Eventually, the girls began to insult Emily and ridicule her faith. They told her Jesus Christ wasn't born of a virgin and that the gospel accounts were filled with mythology. Emily said that in some ways, the attacks on her faith hurt more than the personal jabs. I would cry sometimes, she said. In fifth grade, Emily made a friend, a Muslim girl, who accepted her despite her Christian faith. Whenever they were together, the bullies didn't bother Emily. But when Emily was alone... They pounced. One day, during lunch, six girls surrounded Emily, and one of them asked her for a bite of the chicken sausage that she had brought for lunch. Confused, Emily handed the girl her food. As the girl took a bite and chewed it up, the other five girls held Emily's arms and legs while forcing her mouth open. And then the girl spit out the chewed sausage and shoved it in Emily's mouth. My immediate reaction was to fight back, Emily said. I did, and I got hurt. When Emily's mother, Anjoli, picked her up from school that day, Emily was in tears. She didn't tell me what happened, Anjoli said. After a few hours at home, she finally told me. Emily felt increasingly isolated at school, and her grades suffered as a result. On days when her friend wasn't at school, Emily hid from the bullies in a storage closet. She did whatever was necessary to get through the school day. The bullying at school was the first personal attack Emily had experienced because of her faith, but it wasn't the first time she had endured persecution. In 2005, when she was just a few months old, more than 50 people attacked a discipleship training school that her parents had recently established. 
Wielding bamboo sticks and machetes, the mob shattered the building's windows and hurled insults and threats at the family. We didn't know what to do, said Emily's father, Baroon. We had no way to contact the police and didn't know many people in the city. We started to pray, and suddenly, after some time, <clears throat> everything was quiet. They stopped banging and shouting. Baroon never learned what caused the mob to flee, but he considers it simply an answer to prayer. Years later, as Emily walked through her own persecution at school, her parents again prayed for God's intervention. I cried and fasted and prayed for her situation, Anjali said, because if she stopped going to school, there would be no future for her. As her mom, you have to go and pray and tell her it'll be okay. Emily's parents taught her to stand up not only for herself, but also for her faith. When she was in sixth grade, her parents brought a special request to her principal. Since Muslim and Hindu students did not attend school on their religious holidays, they asked that Emily be excused on Christian holidays. In Bangladesh, as in other predominantly Muslim countries, students are out of school on Fridays, the Muslim Day of Rest, but they attend school on Sundays. After Baroon and Anjali repeatedly asked Emily's principal to excuse her on Easter Sunday, the principal eventually added Easter to the school's holiday calendar. And then the principal made another unexpected move. She invited Emily to speak about Easter during a school assembly. We thought, okay, we have a victory, Baroon said. And then I thought maybe God would have more plans. Emily was at first anxious when her principal asked her to give the speech. But then she saw that it was a unique opportunity. It was a good way to tell them the story about Jesus, she said, because no one really knew what Easter was or why we celebrated it. Baroon helped Emily write her speech, tailoring it to the school's largely Muslim audience who viewed Jesus as a prophet. Baroon and Emily wrote about Christ's life, teachings, miracles, and death on the cross. And the speech culminated in the story of his resurrection, followed by an invitation to faith in Christ and eternal life. The following Sunday, during an open-air assembly outside the school, Emily walked up to a small podium in front of a sea of people. Trembling, with nervous energy, she held the microphone to her mouth and started her speech. Her parents stood just outside the school's gate beneath a mango tree, listening intently. I was shaking because I have stage fright, Emily recalled. I was also nervous what my classmates would think about the things that I would say. With the assistance of loudspeakers, she shared her testimony with 600 students and nearly 50 teachers and school staff. Many parents were also in attendance. Countless members of the community could also hear Emily's words through the speakers, which projected her testimony to a medical college, hospital, shops, and residential area near the school. As she read her speech, 12-year-old Emily heard students laughing at her words. If I looked at the audience, I knew I would be scared, she said. At the end, I finally looked up, and then she walked away from the podium, bracing herself for the backlash. 
Emily expected her speech to lead to more persecution, but something different happened. Immediately, and even years later, Emily saw God use her speech in powerful ways. After her speech, some Muslim teachers approached Emily with surprising questions. Several asked for a copy of her speech. Two even requested Bibles, which Barun happily supplied. The girls who had bullied her suddenly stopped the harassment, and one of them eventually apologized to Emily and asked her for a Bible. More than a year later, Emily's math teacher attended a Christmas service with Emily and her family, who then gave the teacher a Bible. Looking back, Emily said she learned many lessons from the persecution that she endured, and she now understands that God is always with her, and that he does, in fact, use all things for his glory. Persecution also taught her that our personal challenges often benefit us. I think sometimes persecution is another way to actually grow in your own faith, Emily said. Even when you are persecuted and suffer, you bear sweeter fruit as a result. Well, for the past two years, Emily, who is now 17, has attended a predominantly Christian boarding school in India. In two years, she plans on entering discipleship training before attending a university. And eventually, she hopes to work in full-time ministry, just like her parents. I feel that it would be an adventure, she said. I like adventure. I also like a lot of people getting to know God. It would be a win-win. Emily said she would encourage teens or youth who want to share their faith at school to pray about it and then trust God uh, to give them the words to speak. Afterward, you will know that at least some people will get the message in their heart and will actually come to you and ask for more, she said. I would say, just go for it. Don't be scared. Incredible story, yes? Emily's parents helped her prepare her testimony to share with her school. How can you, as an adult, as a parent, help prepare young people to share their testimony while equipping them to be a witness and to pay the price? Well, next I'm reading from a devotional book that's also put out by Voice of the Martyrs. It's called Extreme Devotion. Uh, many of my listeners will re recall that I used to do this on two separate days. I'm putting it all into one since we have so many speakers lined up for the other six days of the week. And I, I wanted to be sure to give them their due also. Anyway, this uh, book, as you remember, recalls the struggles of God's people over past years as the magazine talks about things happening today. Today we're visiting Lebanon and a woman named Mary, another young person. Mary was only 17 when Muslim fanatics raided her village in Lebanon. Mary and her parents were confronted with a grueling choice. Become a Muslim or you'll be shot. Mary boldly told the man, I choose God. Go ahead and shoot. Mary and her family were shot and left for dead. Two days later, the Red Cross arrived in the village and found a miracle. Mary was alive, but paralyzed by the bullet. Devastated and grieving, Mary clung to her faith and prayed. Finally, a strange peace came over her. She made this commitment to God. Everyone has a job to do, she said. I can never marry or do any physical work, so I will offer my life for the Muslims, like the ones who killed my father and mother and tried to kill me. My life will be a prayer for them. 
Her prayers and her undeniable witness of Christ brought many Muslims to faith in the Son of God. In Lebanon, 1990 was the fiercest year of the 15-year civil war. Thousands were killed or wounded. Hundreds of thousands fled. However, Mary's offering of her wounded life encouraged many Christians to stay and take a stand for Christ. Philippians 2.17 says, But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you. The greatest gift to God's service will not fit in an offering plate. When we view our entire lives as offerings to God, our resources to benefit His kingdom are unlimited. Many of those who have been persecuted, like Mary, share a similar story. They continue to offer their lives as an act of worship to serve those who oppress them. Teresa of Lucieux once noted, Sufferings gladly borne for others convert more people than sermons. The majority of Christians will find it easy to make the usual excuses for offering their lives. Too busy, too much going on. However, God can reveal unique ways that we can be witnesses for Him. Amen. Well, if you'd like to be put on the mailing list of Voice of the Martyrs and receive free your own copy of the VOM newsletter, magazine, just contact them at vom.org. Or if you'd like your own copy of Extreme Devotion, which is not free, email Voice of the Martyrs at thevoice at vom.org. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. Good to be back with you again. Happy to start this new year in this way. Do come back. We're going to be dealing over the next few days with men like Charles Spurgeon, Charles Bridges, William Gurnall, Thomas Brooks. All this week, we'll have these four speakers, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope you will, too. Come and join me. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun, as I just said. and This audio is being released on January 1, 2023. Lord willing, we will talk again real soon. Bye-bye.